This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. I think it's close to the end there. You have a new uh, general manager who is a bright, talented guy, and he's Quasi uh, Adafo, who has made a lot of changes and certainly put his input on the team already. Kevin O'Connell, who's a quarterback guy, former third-round pick of the Patriots. And um, I think it's close to the end. I think Kirk Cousins was sort of like a placeholder. I wouldn't be surprised to see them draft a quarterback early in next year's draft. Yeah, I, I would I would say that that's probably the case. Now, it depends on what happens with Kirk Cousins this year, right, Mike? If all of a sudden they're in the NFC Championship game and, and lose or something like that, just making it to the playoffs is probably not going to have an extension in store for him. But maybe if they make it to the NFC Championship game or further, then you can see him coming back as a quarterback. On ESPN Radio, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. That was that was Keyshawn and Mike Tannenbaum talking about the future of the Vikings quarterback position and Kirk Cousins. And Feedback Friday here live, by the way, as we've been the last few weeks, live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We're going to do this on Fridays just after 10 o'clock live Purple Daily channel and then just after 11 o'clock live on the Score North YouTube channel. So... Uh, welcome into a Feedback Friday where we have more future of the Vikings quarterback questions to field from you guys. Presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love at TCL. Inspire greatness with TCL. Speaking of greatness, hello, Judd. Hello, Declan, our executive producer. How are you guys today? Good. Friday, it's a long, got a long weekend coming up. I'm uh, I'm excited. Oh wait, wait, hold on, wait, no, hold on. I got it. Oh, oh, I was <laughs> muted. Oh, I stayed muted. I wanted to see how long it took. Jeff I didn't to... even think I muted myself. I got that <laughs> yeah. note though. I got a note from I think it was on t- Twitter about if 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 Declan was to leave the show or something, how would I know that I am on mute? And it's a good point. I didn't disagree with it, by the way. How much did you try to say there? Were you talking like throughout the last couple minutes? Or? No, 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 no. Okay. I, I had said you said hi, and I said that's uh, or you you said speaking of talented, and I said that's very kind. Okay, so okay. no, I didn't. I did not think I hit the mute button myself. So my bad. Nice. We're just like trying to, to trying to figure out technology here on uh, on Purple Daily. So Feedback Friday, we turn the show over to you guys. We collect all of your comments, questions, concerns, critiques. The Score North app is a great way to send us feedback throughout the week. We also monitor the YouTube comment section. Let's start with J.D. Davis for Feedback Friday. My biggest fear is that 
Kurt Cousins, the disrespect, will lead us to an NFC Championship game or even further, which I highly doubt, he says. And then Kwesi and KOC decide to extend him for another year or two. I don't care what he does. We need to trade up next year and get a quarterback and let Cousins walk. I do not want him on the Vikings past this season. Enough is enough. From the biggest Kurt Cousins hater of the state of Georgia, wow. J.D. in Douglasville. Let me let me take wow. his comment and ask you guys a question. If Kirk has a really good year and he is part of a Vikings NFC Championship game appearance, or for I think the or further is a whole nother discussion. Like the or further part is something they haven't done in a half century. Oh yeah. So I don't think you can lump NFC Championship game or further in the same classification. But if he plays well and they go to the NFC Championship game, how does that make you feel about what they should do? At the future of that position. Well, if they do that, then then both sides have a very important decision to make because Kirk is going to be in demand then. So now he's going to probably at least take himself to market, which he should, and he might get a hell a three to five year contract elsewhere. And the Vikings at that point have to say, is what we saw sustainable for his age, or more of a fluke, or what was it exactly? Is it more O'Connell? So I think if you're talking about a playoff run that lands you, even if you lose in the conference title game, uh, that's a decision on both sides. But you know, the thing is, I am not. I I am open to the fact that Kirk might come back short term. Like a, again, if you don't, if you're not in a position to fill that spot, I don't think there's some dire need to dump Kirk. Do I think that Kirk is going to be the quarterback? Hopefully, someday before I am in the ground or cremated who hoists a Lombardi trophy? No, I don't. But, like, this whole, like, race against the clock to that Kirk is going to, to be gone, I think O'Connell and Kirk proved they can work together. My issue previously was this. You had a coach that didn't like Kirk. It, he made that abundantly clear, okay? It wasn't going to work. And if one of them was going to go at one point, we thought it was going to have to probably be Kirk. So, like, again, this is also about chemistry. O'Connell and Kirk can work together. Yeah. Uh, but but yes, if if they go to the conference title game, the entire thing changes because Kirk now is going to be in control. And if he does that, good for Kirk. Ooh, it's going to be awfully tough. I feel like if he go to the NFC title game, and I I think they have to bring him back. I'd be pretty surprised uh, if they didn't at that point. Uh, they would they'd be back there for the first time in, in six, seven years. They're on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. They like the stability. But does that also, again, drive up his value so much that they are forced to pay an absurd amount of money to a quarterback who will be, what, 35, 36 years old at that point? So yeah. they've got, they got to make a really tough decision. I'd be pretty surprised, though, if they, led, if, if they went to the NFC title game with Kirk. I think they, their hands are forced. I think they'd have to extend him. It's a it's a ride that they've been on for for sure for the entire Kirk era and it's a ride that they've been on for the better part of my life which is and, and Kirk is like the central figurehead of this ride which is good enough to be in the mix in the playoffs but far enough away from the top quarterbacks in the draft to where you're either going to have to trade up 15 spots or get lucky later in the first round so, I mean, I, I, what, I, what I'll say about this, I'm going to pick on J.D. here, who 
submitted this comment for a second. Like, you literally are saying, my biggest fear is that Cousins will lead us to an NFC championship or further. Why is that a fear? I would say he hates we've him. been begging for Kirk to step up and be good enough, overcome some of the team deficiencies, right? Live up to the, the amount of money you're taking up to the salary cap. If he does those things and they win a couple playoff games and they get to a level that, that they and he have not been to together since he signed, I'm not going to look at that as like, oh, God, that's terrible for the franchise, right? I would say, awesome. They're doing what we wanted them to do back in 2018, back in 2019, which is make deep playoff runs with Kirk Cousins. So I'm the number one Kirk hater in Minnesota. If JD's the number one Kirk hater in Georgia, if if he breaks through this glass ceiling all of a sudden, I don't think that's a bad thing for the franchise by any means. So uh, Chris Gotti chimes in. Says last season we saw Kirk elevate his game and take risks because he wasn't afraid to make mistakes. Do you think since there's no contract for him past this season, he'll be hesitant to play that way this year and potentially regress back to the safe Kirk we've grown used to and saw uh, in previous years? No, because I, I don't think Kirk... I don't think it was Kirk Cousins' decision. Kirk Cousins. Cousins. I don't think it was Kirk's decision to play the, the way that Kirk played last year. In other words, I, I don't think that Kirk woke up on the eve of the 2022 campaign and said, I'm going to turn it around, and you know what? I'm going to cut her loose. <laughs> O'Connell was the guy that said, hey, here's how I want you to play. Like, like we went through press conferences where – I don't think there was any animosity between the two, but it became very clear that that Kevin O'Connell was pushing Kirk to play a certain way. And again, it declined his statistics, and I think picked up his productivity as a quarterback in in more important areas, i.e., eight fourth quarter comebacks. Okay, so no, I don't. I think Kirk is going to continue to play the way that, that he played in 2022. I don't think that's going to change. And the reality is O'Connell will tell him this too. Dude, if you're going to get that next contract now, you need to show what you showed last year and build on that. So, no, I'm not concerned about him basically going rogue and saying time to shut it down and go back to being conservative. Hopefully on fourth and eight, he just doesn't throw three yards. Well, Kirk, I mean, Kirk is coachable. Kirk Kirk yeah. can be stubborn and set in his ways, and, and he has talked about that too, but he ultimately is coachable, if a, and almost to a fault where it's like he's waiting for he's waiting to be told what to do. And he would say that about the the Kevin Stefanski offensive coordinator regime, the Clint Kubiak, Gary Kubiak, that that you know just tell me what you want me to do as a player, and I will and I will do it. He's the ultimate good soldier in that regard. But sometimes you need where my frustration has lied previously is sometimes you need more than that. You need more than just an, hey, I work here. You tell me what, hey, boss, tell me what to do. Like, I need more than that from my 34-year-old quarterback. And I think KOC has found a way to get him to be more outspoken as a leader, to just take more ownership. And KOC has demanded from a coaching perspective, no, 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 we need you to be more aggressive in these situations. Don't settle for that throw. Make that throw. And I'm not going to yell at you and throw you under the bus like your old coach did at press conferences. If you make the right play and it winds up not working out or it's an interception, that's okay. We're going to we're gonna build that into our math here that you're probably going to throw like 12 or 15 interceptions, just like Matthew Stafford did a couple of years ago for that Rams offense, and they still won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, what about you, Dex? And the the fourth and eight play, which I've now seen broken down, obviously, by Kurt Warner and afterwards, J.T. O'Sullivan, also a former Vikings quarterback and of the QB room, did an excellent breakdown of this about, I think, a couple weeks back, too. 
And both those guys came away, I think, with similar you know takes on that play of, all right, yes, that was really the only option, but also the play design, the decision to run that play also does fall a little bit on KOC and the coaching staff. Ultimately, in my opinion, the quarterback's hiking the ball and he's got to be able to figure out, I got to make a tight window throw its low percentage and I have to make this throw not throw underneath the sticks. Uh, but I don't believe there's another default option of him where he goes back to check down Kirk. I think last year, that's what was so promising for me. And that's why it was such a sour taste that the fourth and eight play was robotic old Kirk where for the most part last year, we saw a new level of Kirk. And I hope that still continues next season. And it's like, it, it does raise questions too about KOC's play calling in a situation like that. Uh, the, the bullets are flying. The season's on the line. The pressure is high. The play clock is ticking. And that was the play call. And yes, Kirk Cousins needs to find some other outlet to throw the football than the check down when the season's on the line. But like, why, why is that the play call in that situation too? So both those guys definitely deserve to, uh, to, to reflect on that throughout the offseason. And privately, my guess is that Kevin will tell you the reflection is the personnel of which I could make that play call with. He'll he'll tell you I didn't have the personnel to make the play call I wanted. Yeah. Uh, Mo M says, I'm a huge fan of the show. Love you guys. The last few weeks, there's been a huge disproportionate amount of time spent discussing Jaron Hall. Yes, quarterbacks get more coverage, but let's face it. He was the 12th quarterback taken off the board in a later round. In fact, I had never heard his name until we selected him day three of the draft. That's in spite of countless hours spent discussing quarterbacks like Levis, Hooker, Richardson, etc. And then he goes on to say, like, it's unlikely he's going to amount to anything. Well, we can ex- we can explain, Mo. We can explain. We we react to what you guys want us to talk about in a lot of ways. Now, sometimes we'll force feed you what we think you need to hear. We'll give you your medicine, Vikings fans, but. <laughs> We we saw a couple of years ago. Anytime we would talk about Kellen Mond, there was huge interest from Vikings fans. They they love to get updates and know about the backup quarterback. The backup quarterback is oftentimes the most popular guy on the roster because it's exciting. It's it's the future, right? So I think I can speak for the show and say like the three or four times we have led an episode with Jaron Hall, it's like three or four of the most popular episodes we've done since the draft. So. We're basically just reacting. I mean, you guys have told us you like to hear about Jaron Hall, and so we're not going to talk about him every episode. But, yeah, like we're going to do Jaron Hall updates and keep an eye on him for you. And this is also a quarterback first coach working with a student for the first time. This is like a very interesting – I mean, this is not, hey, you know what? Spielman drafted Nate Stanley. Let's try and break down the Iowa QB because we know he's got no shot, right? This is actually the start of what's going to be, and it might be Hall. It very well might not be. This is going to be one of the most interesting things that O'Connell has because he has a piece of clay here to start to mold. And ultimately, you are going to hope that O'Connell gets this type of quarterback, probably a higher draft pick, but that he can work with and mold into a very successful starting quarterback. So Jaron Hall, if nothing else, is a very, very intriguing test case. Yeah. Okay, Frank Marino chimes in here. Declan was spewing his love for Dante earlier in the week. Allow me to lay some knowledge on you, Declan. Spewing. Dante was 38 and 41 as a starter. I think that's just with the Vikings because his record was a lot worse with like the Lions and the Raiders. Really so 38 and 41 as a Viking. Yep. He had two Hall of Fame wide receivers with the Vikings. Wow. Well, yeah. 
he had Chris Carter at the very yeah, end. He had Chris oh, Carter he in was the way shell- that no. That's no, I don't know about that. Doesn't count. No, because that's when Chris got sort of fat. <laughs> no, that doesn't count. No, 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 no. Um, actually, you know what? You know, it's maybe it's possible if Chris would have had Olivia back in the late nineties, right. early two thousands, that he wouldn't have been fat at the end of his career, Judd. Oh, that is uh, 100% true, 100% right. And I come to you right now with a very special one-week offer from my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. You're looking at Sports Dad right there. You're looking at a guy on the left, a little bit hefty. You're looking at a guy on the right. Uh Uh-huh. How about that? Clooney-esque, may I say so myself. And now I'm going to tell you how you can lose the weight, look great. And here is the beginning of my pitch to you. How would you like to drop 15 pounds by the 4th of July? That's right. A little more than a month. You're down 15 pounds. Well, I have a one-week special that you are going to want to jump on, and that is this. Join today and get 50% off and a free gift. Now, this ends a week from today, Friday, June 2nd, but get 50% off and a free gift. And again, you can lose up to 15 pounds by the 4th of July. It's this simple. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or go to Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Again, 50% off and a free gift, but it is only one week, so inquire now, Livia.com. Look good, feel good, play good. Go get your weight in, in order and then go ahead to the Meadows at Mystic for, for 18 or 36. I don't know. That's exactly cool. what I would like to do, especially with a Monday off day. Yeah, I, I could absolutely play, uh, play 27, 36 holes. I would do that at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. You can do so by booking these tee times at golfthemeadows.com. They have a great Meadows bar and grill and patio out there, an awesome pro shop. Uh, great selection, too, of, of apparel and ball options there, too, in that pro shop. Book these tee times at golfthemeadows.com. Go hit some bombs. Go hit some putts. Drill them all for us. Put them out. Go to golfthemeadows.com. Jim Silva. Well, we'll get back to that Dante thing in a second. But Jim Silva goes, if Judd is Clooney, Phil is Pitt, is Declan DiCaprio? Uh, fine. I'll take, I'll take that yeah, one. I don't yeah. see anything wrong with yeah. that take. Yeah. yeah. At the all part is you were great. I'm Brad Pitt on a motorcycle going to Dennis Kirk to get my parts and accessories. Whatever you ride, Dennis Kirk has what you need at DennisKirk.com so you can ride more and wait less this riding season. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. If you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day, and shipping is free for orders over $89. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. Okay, back to the uh, the Declan slander here. So... uh, Dante had two Hall of Fame wide receivers, elite offensive line. Choke Pepper had more fumbles than a drunk looking for his car keys. One of the most overrated quarterbacks of the younger Viking fans. Wow. Declan. Wow. Um, I'll defend Dante a little bit here because, uh, number one, yes, I, I, I'll for sure I have a bias towards him. I, I made that case yesterday. He was the first quarterback that I remembered uh, watching, and he could do things that at the quarterback position we just hadn't seen before. Uh, he was rushing. He was built like a brick house. I mean, Tyler Fornis made the comparison on Purple Daily on draft this week that he was Josh Allen before Josh Allen. Um, he was a big, humongous guy who could rush and can throw 50-yard missiles down the field. He was on the cover of Madden. He was an, a potential MVP candidate. I think relative to his league at his peak, Dante was one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL between 2000 and 2004. I think that is probably fair to say. He was one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. Kirk, 
has never been worse than the 14th best quarterback, and he's really never been best than the 9th best quarterback. Again, he's safer. I completely understand that the volatility is different with Dante, but with Culpepper, you had, when at his peak, one of the most entertaining quarterbacks in the NFL. The, 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 Jim? The, hmm? It's Jim? Jim wrote, Jim wrote that note? Who? No. What? Who wrote the note? Uh, Frank. Frank, Jim, whatever. Uh, Frank, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> You are you are getting at what my point was yesterday, which is this, Frank. Bob, Frankie. Hey, uh, Bill, Larry, what, J- wh- whoever Jerry, you are, Jerry, Dan. whoever you are, here's the thing. You are getting at my point, which is, while this is a discussion, it is sad that we do not have more quarterbacks, for instance, like the Packers do since 92, to actually have a debate about being great. But we don't. We don't have mm-hmm. that. Sorry, we just don't. Like Dante... Do I do I look at Culpepper and say I am proud to say that he is one of the great QBs to talk about? Absolutely not. He had a great 2004, but the reality is this, and this gets back to Phil something we've talked about since the day we started the radio show. The quarterbacks are just for the most part. There's a lot of disappointment. Dante, this is from Luminous Grin. Dante was great at getting the team to huddle up. He did have a great hey huddle huddle up. <laughs> huddle up. Okay, one more thing on this. So oh the two Hall of Fame wide receivers, I mean, he had like a 36-year-old Chris Carter at the very end, which was great. It was great as a rookie. But in 2004, his best season, so peak Dante, Randy Moss was hobbled and injured. The two leading receivers on that team were Jermaine Wiggins and Nate Burleson. Yeah. So he made it work without Hall of Famers, too. Anyhow, yeah, I, but Judd's point is well taken. We're sitting I'm here. names, too. I, I know, apologize. The, it's Frank, right? Frank, I apologize. It was, uh, it was Bill. So, uh, and, and like, if you're a Colts fan or a Packers fan, you're having this discussion and you're debating Bart Starr versus Aaron Rodgers versus versus Brett Favre, Colts fan, Johnny Unitas or Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck, right? And for Vikings fans, it's like uh, Tommy Kramer or, I mean, Fran Tarkenton, obviously. But, okay, uh, Aaron Howard says, Declan's rant should be a weekly segment on the show now, referring to your, your internet and, uh, and new, new home annoyances. Yeah, we can, you know, no really grinds my gears. Um, yes, the Internet Man is coming out uh, on Tuesday. The Internet Man. The Internet Man. The Internet, the internet Man. man. Uh, the internet man. Look at it. Hello, us. I have a cord for oh, you. Oh, God. Um, I went with a <laughs> different company that. after the first company was recommended to me. That did not work out. I'm again going to okay, leave. Okay, can I pause right there for a second? I think we, I think Hothead Declan may have, may have cost himself some days here because... So I get it. You're frustrated. The first guy with company A mm-hmm. gives you a window. Mm-hmm. It's always like a five-hour window. Too. You, have to, you have to sit there by your phone. It's very annoying. And then that guy misses the window mm-hmm. inexplicably and then tells you, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it mm-hmm. today. And then you got pissed and sent a note saying, I'm going with a different company. Would it have been quicker to just reschedule with the initial company? Okay. Here's where I played the, I played the game very well here, actually, in my opinion. <laughs> Wow. So yes, the two that all that Tuesday window happened. They said that they wouldn't be getting out there that day, and they can't come out the next day. So that means I'm now going to be with, at the very least, if I stick with this company, I'm going to be with at least 48 more hours, and then I have to do the same song and dance again. If if this doesn't work out, now I'm still without internet. If he doesn't show up again, and who but knows? Thir- but Thursday they're going to come. Thir- you've got to be first on the list Thursday, right? I wasn't. I was between the same time slot again. So I, I made the calculated decision. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to now company B. 
All right, Company B, give me a quote. And also, I know it's because I do live in a brand new construction home. So it, it's it's not like it was a house that has had internet before. So no matter what, no matter what company I go with, a tech will have to come out. That is, that's, that's in, in cement. Mm-hmm. So once I got the idea of when that new company could come out, and also because this new company has, and you can figure this out, random hotspots around the metro area, <laughs> I can now connect to and at least get temporary internet on my devices in my house. So mm. I made the conscious decision to be, yes, I won't have my full speed internet until next week, but at least I can access internet. And also that company B, although it might be more expensive, I have never had bad customer service with them, who, and I have been a previous customer of them. So company A, who I haven't worked with, I think since my father was alive in 2002, uh, I didn't want to work with them. So I, I made the decision, yes, there was some problem with hot-headedness, and also, the, That's right, you want my a rant? Point. You want another rant? My Hold point on. was your decision was rooted in being pissed, and now you're like reverse-engineering okay, the logic. No, 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 no. I, I got one more rant here if, if you want another <laughs> rant on it. The, Declan's diatribe is what people are saying in the comment section. The, this is a new segment. The <laughs> new renter that I'm working with, the new uh, the rental company I'm working with, recommended the first company because it's pre-installed and it's and it's seamless. It's an easy transition, right? Easy transition. Well, oh, they that, might be getting a little commission off that. That, huh? that didn't work right. out too well. So actually, I got bad information, and I used you the best of my abilities to then make a new decision. So if that wasn't yeah. laid in the stone of, hey, this is a big uh, selling point of moving into this house, I wouldn't have went with that. And I would have just went with Company Dude. B from the get-go. Dude, you got played. That, that's a clear kickback. Clear kickback. Uh, the other thing, too, is your patience is so bad. Well, yeah. Here's, here's your mistake. You always, or your mistake was you did not just immediately default and pay more. If you have no patience, always pay more. Never try to save. If, if, if it involves something that's important to you, for instance, with me, I want cable, right? I don't want to try to find games elsewhere. Oh, you can get creative and do that. Screw that. I got no patience for that, okay? I'm the guy who, when I moved, always wanted the cable guy on my doorstep, on my doorstep when I got there so that we could meet. And the most important thing was not my furniture. I don't care about that. I wanted my cable installed immediately. Uh, in your case, always pay more because you don't have the patience to get creative. And this is going to get worse as you age. Yeah. And, and I typically have no problem with with a pay more guy. Okay. I I lived in the North loop for the last six years. I I will pay. I, when I fly, I typically fly Delta. I'm not a cheap person. I'm a bougie person. I I have no problem admitting that I don't, I don't go cheap on next to anything, but this was a situation where yes, two things were at play. My own hot and headedness got in the way, but also I was fed bad information on the movie. Yes. Yeah, that's, I think that's, I, very fair. that's fair. I'm with Company C now, actually. I don't know if you had access to Company C, and Company C has been great, unexpectedly great. So very happy with Company C. Company and if B Company A great. wants to come back around and be a title sponsor of Purple Daily, then I'm sure Declan can find a way to work with them. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Um, okay, Kyle says, love Judd, but, but this okay. man is so lost in the sauce when it comes to Dalvin Cook. Your Dalvin Cook hate. I the man is they lost in the sauce and quit there. Just period. The man is 27 <laughs> years old. He has not lost his fastball like you said. Well, I mean, I think the eye test tells a different story. He he had some great runs, as as Dex documented on the show yesterday. He had some great runs uh, this past season, but the reality is he also was not consistently a guy that gained yards. He would lose lose yards, lose yards. I mean, it, it was very Adrian Peterson, but in Peterson's prime, he made up for it in spades. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dalvin is not at a point now, and I would – debate that that age on running backs is like dog years like you, you could say well he's just 27 28 but he's 100 but he, he yeah as he gets to 30 he's really like 65 so he is like i'm, I'm not gonna like if, if you like cook i'm not going to debate like oh he sucks no he doesn't and he's been a very good viking but i think the vikings have made have made it clear through their actions that they they want to go to a cheaper committee that they think can be just as effective. And again, I don't think the goal is 60 yards. I don't think the goal is 50 yards. I think the goal is consistently getting four to five yards. Actually, this is a great segue into our next one here from Bob Benson. This is why this is incredible research. All right. I love when I feel like we have an army of, of researchers out there. Feedback Friday, people just sending us these awesome projects. So Bob Benson says this is why Dalvin is cooked. I haven't seen anyone else take this statistical angle to explain Cook's decline, so feel free to use this deep dive as you see fit. Especially Cook as uh, especially essentially Cook wears down as the game goes on is his premise here. All right. After ten carries, Dalvin Cook hits a wall. Here are the top ten rushers in 2022, and their average yards per carry on attempts one through ten and then their yards per carry on attempts 11 through 20, all right? Okay. This is insane research. So I'm, awesome. I'm not going to – I'll just give you the gist. Josh Jacobs gets better by a yard per carry 11 through 20. Hmm. Derrick Henry gets better by a yard per carry 11 through 20. Nick Chubb goes from 4.8 yards per carry to 6 yards a carry 11 through 20. Defense is wearing down, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of other examples. Dalvin Cook is the opposite. First 10 carries, 5.1 yards per carry. 11 through 20, he averages 3.5 yards a carry. He goes down over a yard and a half per carry after the first 10 carries. Dude, this is great research. There's more here. Um, Let's see. By the way, this this has happened now two consecutive years, where Cook is the only player on this list who has two consecutive seasons of decreasing yards per carry after the first 10 carries. So in 2021, holy cow, five and a half yards per carry, the first 10 carries, three and a half yards per carry, the next 10 carries in a game. Yeah. And so after 10 carries, he does another one here. Cook isn't a home run threat. Cook's longest run... Of the season, second 10 carries was only 16 yards last year. Dude, that's a... Uh, Great research, man. Yeah. That's Unless he just made work. this up, in which case, congratulations for getting this made-up research mm-hmm. on Purple Daily. It wasn't hard. <laughs> just send us an email. We'll read it off the prompter. But, I mean, that, and that to me, that kind of goes with the eye test you're talking about, that 
instead of it being the opposite where you pound and pound and then second half the defense is tired and now here's your burst, he doesn't have that. Yeah, and don't forget, um, we are not saying that the that the Vikings should cut a guy with a cheap contract. Just like with Kirk, and we've talked about, right, this also ties into a contract that's too much. And so the contract has to go, yeah. and and it, it, it feels like by now, and I, I know that Dugues uh, broached the topic of Cook possibly now being open to returning on a cheaper contract, but it feels like by now the Vikings have picked a path, and I'm curious to see that path. So it's like, I'm not like, well, if Dalvin will stay, he's going to stay. I, I think you are just, I think you're fine going with a committee of two or three guys that are going to get you yards. And I don't think what you're going to see is like this decrease in carries. I think what you're going to see is a decrease in one individual with carries. I would imagine that yeah. O'Connell's goal is actually for the run game to become more important, not less important. Agreed, yes. And actually, so here's another follow-up here from Dave Bielke, who disagrees with this premise. Dave Bielke says, hey, dum-dums. <laughs> Love that Wait, word. Don't. Hello, dum-dums. <laughs> dum-dums. Who's going to get your second and five with that offensive line? So, Judd, you've been talking about the Vikings just want to be in second and five, second and six. Can you get, get us four yards on a run on first down, right? Yep. Hey, dum-dums, who's going to get your second and five with that offensive line? So, funny, Dave. I have some data, too, Okay. The Vikings' offensive line was actually fourth in run-blocking grade last year, according to Pro Football Focus. They were a really good run-blocking offensive line because they have two of the best offensive tackles in the league. Garrett Bradbury's problem historically has been more about pass protection, and he got better there last year. But he's a great, nimble, get-out-in-open-space run-blocker. And according to ESPN.com, the Vikings' offensive line had a 71% run-block win rate last year. Bang. So 71%, and that was like average, league average. So PFF had them top five in run blocking. ESPN's run block win rate had them average. So like it's not a garbage run blocking crew. It's definitely an above average to maybe really good run blocking unit. And Dalvin Cook was the one that couldn't take advantage last year. This might be sort of a straw, a straw man thing, but I, I would like to cut something off that I still hear way too too much of. Um, I feel like there is a certain portion of, of the audience that still thinks the offensive line is terrible. Ed Ingram struggled big time. Okay. I, but you have to understand offensive, like there's no, for the most part, there's no like perfect offensive line with everyone's a pro bowl player. Yeah. When, when you have two really good tackles and a center that improved and he improved and Ezra Cleveland's not great, but he, he ain't no train wreck. Okay. This offensive line, like for anyone who's putting it on, well, the offense, I mean, look at the offensive line. Uh, that's just a callback to more like 2020. This offensive line, yes, one guy uh, had struggles. I will give you that. Yeah. But almost every offensive line has a guy who has some struggles. This offensive line is not the problem now. And, so, and I don't think that that's the masses saying that, just to be very clear. And on the on – the- on the ESPN analytics front, so the Vikings' pass-blocking win rate was like 22nd in the league. So it's not great, but it's not, you know, people kind of act like every play is a disaster. That's not, Ed Ingram is a disaster a lot, and that's problematic when you have a non-mobile quarterback. Up the middle pressure is death. But the best offensive lines in the NFL, to illustrate your point, statistically are allowing pressures on 25 to 30% of dropbacks. The best offensive lines. There's pressure in the NFL. 
So you got to find ways to to combat it. Running backs are going to have times where they have to break tackles. Quarterbacks have to find ways to step up in the pocket, whatever. Like it's this this dream world where, well, unless your offensive line is perfect, you can't operate as a football team does not exist or should not exist. Let's see here. What else we got here? Um, uh, Because uh, uh, we're going to do some of these on the other Feedback Friday. Let's do one more here from Purple Pain Forums, presented, by the way, by our friends over at Aquaside. All right? Especially this weekend, man. It is lake season. You don't want that grimy yeah. stuff around your dock and lake area. Not at all. Not at all. You know, when I get those first, uh, you know, toes in the sand and the water, if you will, I don't want to have to deal with any okay, lake reed algae. And, and, okay, and in between the Zach Brown and obviously the Yacht Rock, and we know that'll be playing for sure um, uh, throughout this weekend. Obviously, Aquaside will help that lake look good. And if uh, if you're putting your dock in this weekend, if you're one of those, which is totally fine, make sure you check out that lakeside and get some Aquaside pellets to help you remove that lake weed and algae. You can go to Aquaside.com to take care of those needs. Aquaside.com. Yes. Um, okay, so Purple Pain Forums says, I don't know, guys. The defensive improvement stuff smells like propaganda to me. It's giving me 2022 deja vu all over again. The defense was S-A-W-F-T soft and slow last year, and everyone complained about it, just like everyone complained about how Zimmer didn't say hi in the hallways, which led to the cult of collaboration. Now we got a fast, aggressive defense on the first day of OTAs. Like, look at us. We're fixing stuff. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. How much of it's just for show and propaganda? I mean, you were there at OTAs. So I was there. Um, you're spreading so the propaganda. I, I was going to, to say, first of all, um, I am more than willing to admit with the with the optimism of springtime and with the change in coaching, I got got last year, okay? So <laughs> I'm going to self-report. I got got. I, I, I shouldn't. I know better, but I definitely bought in. Um, but I bought into a theory. What I saw at the first open OTA on Tuesday was not a theory. It was a philosophy. And what I also saw was they have trimmed out Kendricks. Hicks is still with the team. He was not there. And I saw speed and I saw a pace. And then post-practice, the players talked. I mean, the defensive players basically said, yeah, we probably shouldn't be going that that fast, but what the hell. So um, could I get God again? Yes, but at least – the peepers, the eyes with the glasses on, are seeing something that looks to be far more real. I feel like with Donatel, I foolishly bought into a theory, but then, I, but then I really didn't see it executed, and that carried into games. So this note is incredibly fair because it's right about last year. He's exactly right. But I, but I am going to tell you right now, this defense is built very differently than, than it was a year ago at this time. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I think I think there's so many positive changes here. My, I guess my one worry would be you lose Eric. Eric Hendricks was still really good in the run-stopping game. He was. He graded out. And he's, a, he's a bigger linebacker. Do you have enough size to stop opposing teams' run games? That would be one of my big questions about this defense. You certainly have an upgrade in speed, athleticism, aggressiveness. But it's one thing to be aggressive and blitzing and causing chaos for quarterbacks. It's another thing when they start to run the ball down your throat, and I'm a little worried about that with this Vikings defense, but we'll let it play out. We'll see what happens. Four words for you. Swarm to the ball. 
Swarm. It's, it's hard to swarm to the ball when, when the 320-pound yeah. no, you know, left guard know. is uh, we'll swallowing out. up your 235-pound linebacker. But we'll, find out. we'll talk about it. So, all right, thanks for hanging out with us. Live Feedback Friday here on Purple Daily. We hope you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we appreciate you guys making this one of the most popular football podcasts in America. We're with you every single day leading up to week one, even in the dead of the off season. If you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the YouTube channel, you can help us spread the word. And, uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out here. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.